Blessed be the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 21. And we'll be beginning in verse 1 in a few seconds here. Praise be unto God. The acts of Yeshua's Shalakim, his emissaries, his called out ones. Chapter 21. And we'll be beginning in verse number 1. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, Father, we want to give ourselves to you right now. Of all the things that we've been doing this past week, we have now entered into your rest, into your Shabbat rest, so that we can hear your word being proclaimed. And I pray, Father, that only your word that is proclaimed today would, would come into your people's hearts, both those who are listening on the podcast and those who are present, and those that will be listening from this congregation later on the podcast, that they would receive the food, that spiritual food that God desires for them to be fully equipped and empowered, walking by the truth, by the word of the living God, so that we as a corporate body of Messiah, both Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah, can accomplish the Father's will until the time the Lord takes us home, either through death or through the rapture of the harpazo, either way, and then we pass the baton onto those that are coming behind us that the Spirit will pass the baton unto them. To God be all glory and honor and praise forever and ever. Amen. Praise be unto God. So here we are in Acts chapter 21 and beginning in verse 1. After we had torn ourselves away from the Ephesian elders, we set sail and made straight run to Cus. Some people pronounce it Cus. And if you can find that, you can find it in, uh, in the Aegean Sea on your maps if you're going forward. And as I was doing a little bit more research on this, I found out this. This is a small island, the island of Kos or Kos. is off the coast of Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey. It had a very large Jewish community there. And so this was part of the places that Rav Shaul was speaking and proclaiming the good news to. But you know what's amazing? The book of Acts doesn't give us all those details. Think about this. The book of Acts in all the acts of the sent ones will be shared throughout eternity. God the Father will allow those men and women who proclaim the good news and the evidence of the good news going forth in the kingdom of God being established in people's hearts will actually meet those people of that time and of that period. And they will rise and say, yes, I was there. And I put my trust in Yeshua. And God had a plan for my life. And the spirit of the living God came upon me. And these are the gifts that God allowed me to operate for the furtherance and the building of God's kingdom on this earth. See, we're simply passing the baton of trust and faith in Messiah to others. Let's continue here in the scripture. The next day we went on to Rhodes and from there to Patera. On finding a ship that was crossing over to Phoenicia, we embarked and set sail. After sighting Cyprus, those of you who have maps, you can find Cyprus. It's a very, very large island. We passed on the left and we set sail and landed at Zeor because it was where the ship was unloading its cargo. See, he was just going on, on, on a cargo ship. 
He wasn't going first class. Let's continue here. Having searched out the Talmudim, the disciples there, we remained there for a week, guided by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God. Are we being guided every day? Are we setting a time in the day to hear what the Spirit is speaking for us to do and want to do? Do we know him intimately? Let's continue. They, the Talmudim, told Shaul not to go up to Yerushalayim. So now let us go a little bit deeper here. Guided by the Spirit. You know, it was the Spirit of the living God that brought you to Yeshua in the very first place. Maybe he used a human being or a book or an article or a tract. Or maybe the Spirit caused a dream for you to see or a vision. But these were all things that were being guided. Because Yeshua said this to his Talmudim. I'm not going to leave you alone. But when I go, I will send to you my Ruach, my spirit. And he will do what? He shall lead you into all truth. The passing of a baton. See, Yeshua's work of his first coming was complete. But he had to pass it on to the, onto the Ruach the Spirit, that then passed it on to the original 11. And it multiplied to the 120. And it's been multiplying from that day to this day and beyond. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Guided by the Spirit, as we're going deeper here, they told Shaul not to go up to Jerusalem. Okay? Because the Spirit is speaking to them. And you know what? They're gaining boldness now to go and speak to someone that they see as a spiritual father and say, wait a minute, consider this. We sense the spirit doesn't want you to go. You know what? Sometimes that can be a little confusing, can it not? Because when you as a mature believer, you're walking, you're walking down the path with the Lord and he's saying, go to such and such a place at such and such a time, to speak, to do this, or just simply go and allow your presence to be there. Have you ever been sent places where the Spirit of the living God just has you go and you're simply just to pray in your spirit? And you're not to proclaim something or do anything, but God desires that the Spirit of the living God that dwells within you show his presence and reveal it to those people that are there. See, the Spirit of the living God can manifest himself in various ways as he's being orchestrated by the Father to do such and such. Praise be unto God. So is God divided over this? Is now God speaking out of both sides of his mouth? Does he say, Rashul, you're to go to, to celebrate Shavuot in Jerusalem, but then all of a sudden there are believers coming along the way. They're saying, hey, you should go there. Trouble's brewing. Those of us have followed the life of Rav Shaul. What have we learned? He does not fear trouble. He fears to be walking only in the will and the provision that God has established him to go. As we've been going through the book of Acts, do you recall at times that there were times when he desired to go to such and such a place? And he prayed and he, and he interceded 
and he had a burden for this place, but the Spirit of the living God said to him, no, you're not to go. How many of us today need to hear the Spirit of the living God to the point where we do not argue with the Spirit of the living God, but we listen to the, what the Spirit of the living God is saying to us, and when he says not to go, don't go. Not to speak, don't speak. Hold your peace at times. That's an act as a maturing as a believer. Because just as Yeshua said these words, what you see me do and say are not my words. And the things that you see me doing are not for my glorification, but one who has sent me. We have all been sent by the Lord. We are his ambassadors. We are his emissaries on this earth. And for most people, you or I will be the only people that they ever witness the presence of the living God dwelling in another human being. Think about that. Not to exalt and elevate yourself, but to fully understand and to seize the day and allow the Spirit of the living God to use you because God has chosen you with your personality, with your giftings, with the talents he's established in your hearts so that he could reveal the Father's plan in and through your personality. You are a chosen, sanctified vessel of the Spirit of the living God. But our lives are what? They're like a vapor. They're passing. The things when I think about what I could have done as a very young believer, I can't stand and, and, and just sit there and wring my hands over it. That's past. But what about today? The Lord has given me today. I don't know about tomorrow. I may not even see you guys next week. The Lord could take me home. And then what will the Lord do? He will rise up another to take our places. Don't walk by fear, but walk by the spirit of the living God who shall lead you into all truth. So going forward here, can the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, tell Shaul to go to Jerusalem, found in Acts chapter 20, 22? It was a divine directive, saying, you're to go there. And also speak through others, telling him not to go? Seems like there's a big conflict here. Seems, it appears like God is speaking through both sides of his mouth. First, the two events are not at the same time. Notice this. Much later. God can give an order, then rescind it, as he did in the case of Abraham sacrificing Yitzhak, Isaac, found in Bereshit, Genesis 22, or make a promise to destroy Nineveh, and then change his mind because its inhabitants repent. Remember the book of Jonah? And all of a sudden, it's a very hot day, and this one plant miraculously grows up, and he has shade for his head, and he's just sitting out there and saying, God, get them. Get those guys. Destroy that city, the enemies of Israel. But what happens? Everyone puts on sackcloth and ashes, and they repent. And God changes his mind. 
the mercy of God. There are times when we as believers, we just think, well, hey, the Lord's going to judge this person. But what about his grace and his mercy? Are we willing to allow someone who appears to be the most vicious sinner on the place of this earth to be redeemed? Think of the life of Rav Shaul. When he was not following after the leading of the Spirit of the living God, and he was arresting those, imprisoning, holding the coats of those who were about to be stoned. And any of you foolish people out there who believe in replacement theology, I'm going to stop you right here. Because those that he was going after and persecuting was his own Jewish brethren that he thought were walking in deception. But they weren't because they had the veil removed from their eyes that they saw Messiah, Yeshua, as he is. And when the opportunity for his veil to be removed from his eyes, he received Yeshua himself. Transformation. So let us go forward here. But here the Ruach HaKodesh is giving the Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah of Zeor a word of knowledge. Wait a second, I've heard a word of knowledge. Where is that found in the Bible? Here's a scripture reference. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. So that's where it speaks of a word of knowledge. All right? Let's go forward here. To one through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit is given a word of wisdom. To another, a word of knowledge in accordance with the same spirit of the Ruach HaKodesh. That in Jerusalem, Shaul will meet with what? With trouble. Isn't it amazing? As we step out in faith, and all of us have come from various families, when you step out in faith as a young person or middle-aged person or older person, and your family starts to look at you sideways, like, where, what's, what's gotten into this guy? Where is he going? There can be tribulation and troubles. There can be testings. The Lord allows testing in our lives so that we would then put our full focus on him, stop holding on to the things that we can accomplish in ourselves, and simply say, God, if I go and I'm troubled and I'm buffeted about, I know that you are there because you're sustaining my hands. And you know what? As believers are going through trouble, this past year, 2020, as we face this coronavirus together, we face our lives turned inside up and upside down and inside out. But the Lord's provision was there as we learned to trust him in this very troubling situation. You know what's amazing? How many non-believers were watching how we conducted ourselves? How was our attitude? Was it loving and showing mercy? Or was it just full of judgment and anger and disdain? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So let's continue here. This word was already sensed by Shaul, the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 20, verse 23. This troubling. He was going to meet opposition, as he did for all these years, once he gave his life to Yeshua as his Messiah. Going on, 
And it is confirmed again shortly afterwards in Acts 21.10 through 14. But it is their own inference, not the Ruach HaKodesh. Why? Because they're hanging on to him. He's a spiritual father. Do you ever make other believers heroes in your life? Has Billy Graham, I'll just throw out that name. Was he not, as he walked this earth, like a spiritual father to some of us? A man who went and proclaimed the good news, both in America and around the world. But just like as a Billy Graham is taking from our lives, they can sense in their spirit that Rav Shaul is coming to the end. Because this was commonplace at that time. There were believers coming to faith, living short lives or even longer lives. Then all of a sudden, they were taken. The Lord took them home through persecution or sickness or disease. They were taken home through accidents. They were taken home. And so this is their own inference. We don't want you to go. Please don't go. They're pleading with him. So now we get a sense a little bit more what's taking place here. Let us continue. The Holy Spirit's command that Shaul should therefore not go on was of their own inference. Their urging seems reasonable and it also appeals to what? Sediment. Do you ever get sentimental about stuff? I do. There's old stuff that I have in my house and my wife says to me, well, do you think it's about time to get rid of that by now, Frank? And I started to get sentimental over that stuff, right? You have to get to a place in your mind where you say, you know what? It's time to let that go. Give it to somebody else or simply get rid of it. Because it's just taking up space. Let's continue here. But it is not Yeshua's will for Shaul, whom he told at the beginning, that his ministry would involve suffering. Remember Acts chapter 9, verse 16? He spoke through Yeshua to that man who came terrified. Can you, can you picture that? Here's the man. He's now in a room. He's the one who's been arresting the followers of the way. He has the little letters from the high priest in Jerusalem to arrest anyone who's following the way of Yeshua unto the Father. And here is Ananias. And he has to go. Because the Lord's telling him to go. To the very man, now for a long time, has been persecuting fellow Jews who had received Yeshua as the Messiah. And he says this to him. He says, now go, lay your hands upon him, and his sight shall be returned to him. And you are then to tell him this. He is to suffer much for the way through Yeshua to Abba, Father God. And so he goes there. He lays his hands upon him. It's like scales that fall off his eyes. And then immediately does Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, 
instantaneously as he downloaded and he runs up from synagogue to synagogue preaching the good news? No. He goes into the wilderness. And Yeshua teaches him one-on-one. Just like he did with the original 12. And he's prepared. As the veil has been removed from his eyes, his spiritual understanding by the washing of God's word. And Yeshua did not start, stand up and say, now let me quote from the Gospel of Matthew through Revelation to you, Rav Shaul. It's going to be written here pretty quick. No, he began in Bereshit, Genesis. And he went through Malachi. And he opened up Rav Shaul's eyes so that he could truly see. By the power of Yeshua discipling him and by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh training and teaching him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm to end the message right now, part three.